0: Hello, everyone. wanted to drop you a quick note before you dive into the episode. This is episode 226 uh, of Dress for the Podcast You Want. Um, And I... (laughs) Whether you interpret that as I've done 226 episodes or I've done 26 episodes in my second season, it's still embarrassing. Uh, We recorded this episode through the wrong mic again. I, I, I need to not use Audacity anymore. I need to make myself a little list of things to make sure that I check before I start. And we recorded through the computer's mic instead of the good professional microphones that we have so hopefully the team at dimly wit has has helped me save myself from myself but i just wanted to give you a heads up if it sounds a little weird uh, that that's what's going on also this is the second to last episode of this season. Um, we're going to do one more episode next week, which will be uh, the 50th episode of Dress for the Podcast You Want. and uh, and Also, today, if you're listening to this on the Wednesday that it comes out, we've been doing Dress for the Podcast for a, an entire year, which I just think is absolutely wild. So thank you all so much who have been here with us since the beginning and, and those of you coming in just now. I hope you're not coming in just now because I swear it doesn't always start this way. Um, But we're going to take the last two weeks of July off. We're not going to have an episode those weeks uh, so that we can really get season three organized. We've got some new music coming in. Hopefully we've got, you know, we've got some new structural things that I think are going to really help with the, the episodes themselves. Um, so, uh, so we'll have this week and next week uh, with hopefully a hopefully special guest and then we'll take two weeks off and we'll be back in August for season three of Dress for the Podcast You Want. In the meantime, I hope that you will enjoy this episode. I hope that you are feeling lovely about yourself because I just noticed you, you're doing something different with your hair today and it looks great all right uh, uh all right talk to y'all soon bye let's try that again that's better I'm Mary. Hi, podcast world. I don't know how to start a podcast or end a podcast. (laughs) I only know how to do the beginning of the middle part of a podcast. Mm -hmm. That's my best part.
1: Is that similar to how you do relationships? Because I feel like a lot of people know beginnings and ends of relationships, but suck at the middle.
0: Um, Yes, so the opposite of that, but also I'm bad at beginnings. No, I'm really good at beginnings of writing, and I'm really bad at endings of writing. Mm -hmm. When I try to write a book, I'm usually like... Ah, oh, this first four pages is great, and then I get bored. Mm. Hi.
1: Hi. All right,
0: here's what's up. Man, it's hot already. I'm regretting all of this. <laughs> my name is David Andrew Laws. Welcome to Dress for the Podcast You Want. I ain't got no co host today. I got Archie. He's here. He's snoozing on the ground. And I got my guest. Ooh, who, which names are we going to use? This is my guest today.
1: There are so many. Mary
0: Candler Fulweiler. It's
1: true.
0: Which ones do you want?
1: Let's go with all of them. Let's Mary just go...
0: Candler, Fullweiler, Full Package, Full Package, Fullweiler, say... Full Package.
1: <laughs> you could even add in Molly, which is my nickname from growing up. Oh, so it's like Mary in air quotes, Molly <laughs> Candler. Full when Weiler. you put it
0: in air quotes, it seems like a drug reference. You know that, right? Like, <laughs> oh, that's Mary Mary Molly. <laughs> you know where she can get you. Yep. Um, why do you have so many names? I forget. It's just that's just Candler's your middle name, of Fullweiler full is your last name, but yeah. you go by Mary Candler professionally sometimes.
1: Yeah, so when I joined Equity and they were like, what do you want your name to be? I was like, I hate the name Molly Fullweiler. It's so juvenile. Is it? That's in my brain, right? Interesting. It's like, you know, running away from some identity. Who knows? Yeah. And I was like, I want to use my first and middle name, Mary Candler. It, feels, it sounds so good. The recognition of all of that is going to be so much better when I walk into an audition. And it's like just been a huge pain in the ass to be oh, like, yeah. Who am I? Who I like am often. I? I'm like I stumble over introductions because I don't know what name I'm using. Interesting. And then it makes people think like, oh, she does not know her name. And <laughs> that can't. is not a strong start.
0: We can't hire her. She doesn't even know her exactly. name.
1: Exactly. So I do a lot of like, hi, I'm, mm, and I hang on the M for a mm-hmm. while because I'm not sure if we're going with Mary or Molly until I thought through how do I know this person? Yeah, Mary, I've
0: never like, known you to introduce yourself as Molly. To whom do you do that?
1: Anyone I've known? Well. Old
0: people, not old people, but like people from your old
1: Right, so if I'm like out with high school friends and I'm meeting someone, Uh I have to go with Molly, because they're all calling me Molly in that context. Whoa,
0: wild. Yeah. I can learn something new every day. You
1: know, it's just, this is, it's just hard. What am I going to say?
0: I like the, um, so this is the second to last episode of this season, this one is, uh, and I have a lot of things that I'm hoping to implement for the next season, and one of them is I want to get my assistant to write a little... A synopsis of the guests so I can introduce people better. Mm-hmm. So I think when I introduced you online, it was as, I think I only did as founder and artistic director of Hedgepig, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Sure. But there's also like actor and singer and yeah. voce coce and all sorts of stuff.
1: We all wear a lot of hats. This yeah. one
0: says Mary Candler is an accomplished singer, teacher, actor, producer, pianist, and voiceover artist. She works with singers from varied backgrounds, from recording artists to musical theater performers to karaoke experts. <laughs> she loves building voices of complete beginners and polishing veteran singers. What what karaoke experts? There's gotta be a story about that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's what I love about, and this is getting into, like, my teaching business, is that I work with people from, and, like, such a variety of different kind of skill sets and what they're after, and I get a lot of people that just want to be better at karaoke. Interesting. That's their goal, is that they go out with their friends, and they want to feel good. They want
0: to socially be more capable.
1: Yeah, and it's great, because then we get just to work on 80s ballads. Yeah, I was going to ask, time. Is yeah. it already,
0: what do you work on? Do you, like, do you, <laughs> how do you do it? Do you do, like, a normal voice lesson, or do you, like, bring in a karaoke machine, or?
1: We definitely, you know... We, start every lesson with technique and Great. good, healthy, strong, you know, foundational stuff. But then I definitely turn on tracks. <laughs> but I do that with a lot of students anyways because there's I just love that. so many tracks out there now. It's like, don't... Like, I could play this song on piano, but it's going to sound dumb, so let's just use the track.
0: Fair enough. Um, Mary. Yeah. Molly. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself a successful person?
1: Um, this is such a hard question, and obviously what we're here to talk about... That's the
0: first question i got to ask.
1: holy smokes... Um, I feel like a successful person, and when I think about it, I worry that I'm not.
0: Interesting. I really like that answer, and I would love to talk about it more. But that's all the time we have. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> all now, right, it's been really fun. Thanks you so much, You feel David. like a successful person, but when you think about it, you are afraid that you are not. Yeah. Okay, talk to me about that feeling. What does it feel like?
1: Well, I think that, in some ways, success is an attitude. It's kind of Great. how you feel about what you have accomplished yeah and if you judge them at that as a positive thing or if you see a lot of negativity there so when i just kind of go from gut like you know what have i done with my life i feel good i feel like i've accomplished things yeah but then if i turn on my logical brain i start getting into all those like well what is success is it money is it um fame and fortune is it um checking some kind of um cultural boxes of like white picket fences and whatnot, and then I start being like, "Oh, maybe I'm not successful. Okay,
0: let me ask you this. Yeah. What is success? Is it money? Is it fame and fortune? Is it cultural milestones like white picket fences?
1: I don't know.
0: Oh, you don't know?
1: I mean, I don't think so. I think I've been leading my life in a way that says that I kind of reject the idea of success being about money. I think I would have done something really different with my life. For sure. If that was my... Success goal, but that's not to say that, like, I'm not haunted by cultural tropes that tell you what success is supposed to be. Sure. So it's like I'm always at war with myself here.
0: Haunted by cultural tropes is uh, such a good, like, autobiography. <laughs> that,
1: it, that it could be. Haunted
0: by cultural tropes. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. I can't think of a good cultural trope to haunt you. I guess, remember when Facebook used to say, when it used to make you have, like, your name and then is as your status before now we can just put whatever you want but in the beginning of Facebook's it was like David Laws is
1: wow. and you type
0: in going to the beach
1: wow I had completely forgotten about that and that was a thing that's
0: haunting now that's, yeah. a, that's a cultural ghost in the cultural machine oh
1: boy I'm glad I took away that is Yep, it's really limiting just
0: put it in yourself yeah <laughs> um, so so I mean what is success for you when you are feeling successful
1: mm, i think i'm a really goal oriented person great so i think when i decide i'm gonna do something and then i do it and it is satisfying
0: mm, mm-hmm.
1: then that feels successful
0: you find satisfaction when you do something like when it's done
1: when it's done at a certain level you know competency.
0: Sure. So I think, I don't know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about, th- there's been a lot of talk about the journey, not the destination, mm-hmm. um, and, I'm, and I'm curious about that, it, um, It's because it sounds like that's the opposite, right? It sounds, not, not that it's the opposite opposite, not that there's no joy in the journey, but that, sure. I mean, give me an example of a time that the destination brought you joy.
1: Well, I think anytime someone produces an indie theater mm, piece, sure. there's this, like, miracle of it actually happening mm. that feels really like, whoo wow, we did that thing.
0: Maybe. I'm haunted by the cultural touchstone. I don't remember what we said. I'm haunted <laughs> by, like, I always feel like when I put up a show, I spend the performance part of it going like, oh, but it's not quite.
1: Sure. Well, and that's, I think that's something that's troubling about success, because people that I think we would put a success label on mm-hmm. are people that are probably going to continue to want to do better, right? Yeah. Continue to push themselves. So in that way, one not, can never fully feel success because there's like something they could have done better, something that can be improved upon.
0: Not Johnny Depp. I, think, I think, Tell me
1: more about that. Well, what? I feel like
0: Johnny Depp is pretty much, pretty much tuned in. He's like, I don't need to get better. This is what I do. This is my thing. Do you think Johnny Depp goes to acting class anymore?
1: I, I would doubt it. But, I would be very surprised. But, you know. I could be wrong. We could be He's wrong. He's a Kentucky
0: boy, so I'm allowed to make fun of him.
1: Mm, I didn't know that.
0: He is. He's from Brandenburg, I think. I don't know. He's from somewhere in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Like, some random place.
1: It's interesting, though, that you... I mean, I, I am a process person in general. Sure. Like, I am happy in the process, and sometimes I think I'm too happy in the process. and don't <laughs> always... Um, land my feet on the ground, but you know, the idea of success I think is inherently tied to a product or an end because like, even if you look at the word success and I totally did this on the train coming up. No way. I just Googled the definition. What is it? Um, it's broad and I didn't dig deep. I went with the free online dictionary, but it comes from Latin "succedere," And that is means to come after
0: to, Oh, like to succeed, like. Like, how our children will succeed us. Not our children, but one's children will succeed us. Makes sense. Right, to come after. Yeah. That's interesting. But it's
1: interesting that that's where we get this word from.
0: Mm hmm What else did it... Wait, I want to see more. What else did it say? Well,
1: what I think is funny is it was, like, success is often measured by profit. And then the example it used was um, his play was a success. And I was like, (sighs) way to use profit and theater together in a way that I never...
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I should have Googled success so long ago. Look at all these people I should have on my podcast. There's a a little section that says successful people. Wow. And the examples it gives are Oprah Winfrey, Warren Buffett, Ariana Huffington, Mark Cuban, and Michael Phelps. Are those not the people you think of when you think of success? I mean, actually, yeah, probably. Those are pretty, those seem pretty
1: successful. Who
0: else? Gary, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Gary... Vaynerchuk. Well,
1: he's who is
0: that? I don't know. Tiger Woods, Will Smith, George Lucas, Ryan Murphy, and Martha Stewart. Gary Vaynerchuk is a Belarusian American entrepreneur, author, speaker, and internet personality. Oh, he's one of those, if you just think about it in your brain, then you can have it kind of guys. Yeah, because he's got books called Crush It. Why now is the time to something? Oh, to, oh my God, crush it! Why now is the time to cash in on your passion? I think
1: you did a really good job uh, making us hear that now is all in cash. Now is that all. That was up. really good. Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm a voice actor yes, too. I
1: saw that. I, um,
0: oh, I want to write a dumb book.
1: You could, but maybe only the first four pages. Ah, dang it! Damn it!
0: Damn me! Um, yeah, the accomplishment, oh, the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. It is very finite and final, isn't it?
1: Yeah, very much the end, yeah. but not the journey.
0: Maybe I'm looking at this all wrong. Oh, wow, the use over time has gone down since the 1800s.
1: I also thought that was really interesting, that little graph.
0: Yeah. It seems
1: it, like it really dipped in the 50s.
0: Yeah, it sure did. It's coming back. Because yeah. I'm bringing it back. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's all about this podcast. <laughs> weep, 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 we're, weep. We're making me going up Just a out. big
0: spike. Um, and so let's talk about that in relation to Hedgepig. The Hedgepig Ensemble Theater, mm-hmm. which I, I've known Mary for a while. I've known Hedgepig for a while. Um, I'm going to quote your mission statement, which, is this it or is it? Yeah, it is. Great. Uh, Hedgepig Ensemble Theater elevates the voices of all women by reimagining the classics. By investing in the growth of our artists, we nurture an inclusive and collaborative community that creates artistically excellent work. And has that always been a mission statement?
1: No, we changed it this year, actually. Interesting. Um, it came out of a, a board retreat where we all really looked at, like, what are we actually trying to do and what our old mission was much longer and a little bit convoluted, so... This is closer to kind of. What was the difference? Because I
0: feel like is 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 it being about voices of women that's new? That's a new part. No, that
1: was just buried deeper in the mission statement, and it became clear that that was what we were really focused on, and it shouldn't be in the third sentence. Because it's always
0: been female led, right? It's always been. It's always been
1: female led, and it's always been trying to be sensitive about like, oh my gosh, in the classics there just aren't a lot of voices of women, and how can we, how can we bring those out in a way that's still true to these plays?
0: Um, I'm gonna drive my regular listeners crazy real quick. Mm-hmm. Will you remind me? I really want to talk about this topic off air afterwards. <laughs> I have a specific thing that I want to okay. talk to you about, and I can't talk about it on the podcast. I Maybe I can't. Wildly mm.
1: curious now. You so are all of your listeners? Maybe I
0: can. Um, I'm gonna talk about it, and then if I decide I can't talk about it, I'll edit you it, it edit out. It right out. Um, Hamlet's and Dead's doing an all female uh, production. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've
1: done that before.
0: We've done that twice before. Yeah. And
1: in case you didn't know, I just thought I'd fill in the fact that you've done that
0: before. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I have done that before. Maybe other people could do that. It's good to keep everyone on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got an email from an artist two days ago uh, that was like, Hey, I think it's great that you're trying to be inclusive. As a non-bi- non-binary person, I feel like I don't have a place in this mm-hmm. production. And I responded with like, Hey, I totally understand. You know, we're trying to be as inclusive as possible and I'm, I'm happy to, you know, talk about other kinds of language we can use or like other strategies we can use to be inclusive and there were a lot of things i said and there are a lot of things i didn't say and what i eventually ended up realizing that i should have not should have said but the sort of like reality of it is to a to a non-binary person i might have to say maybe there's not a a part for you in this production right it's an all-female production and we've We did an all-female production last year where we did have a non-binary actor in the show. Um, But it feels like any effort to be inclusive is by its very nature exclusive, Mm -hmm. right? By saying all-female production, that excludes anybody who's not female identifying. Mm -hmm. And by saying uh, all female or gender minorities, that's excluding anybody who's not male identifying, right? So there's no sort of like Inclusion, or that's not that's not true. There's no specific inclusion that's not also exclusive, right? True inclusion would be where it's everybody welcome, we're going to cast whoever, mm-hmm. but the problem with classical theater is that so frequently, well, the real problem with classical theater, I'm going to go on a ramble for a little bit, oh God, and no, you, you come no, with I'm gonna,
1: me. I'm going to go on this little
0: journey with you. Well, we started doing all-female productions... M- primarily because 70 percent of our casting pool is women Mm -hmm. and we were seeing so many great women uh who we just didn't have the roles for and we you know just didn't have enough roles in general male or female or otherwise like you know we can only afford so many um and so we started doing that to close what at the time was understood as quote unquote the gender gap Mm -hmm. which is not as accurate a term anymore. It feels like, it feels very much like the phrase ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. which we always grew up knowing as like, that's what we, what you say at the beginning of the show to be polite and to be uh, uh, inclusive and to be like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Can't, you don't say that anymore. People don't, we don't, we try not to say that anymore. Right? Everybody, welcome. Hello, everyone. Um, I feel like all female productions are, might be going the same way uh, where it's like, hey, I get what you're trying to do, but it's not... It's not working
1: yeah i sometimes I, I really struggle with this a lot because of course i am trying to elevate the voices of women with our work and i have started to think about women as a more inclusive term of you know but what gets hard is that what i end up starting to say or what would be most clear is to basically say i would like to elevate the voices of everyone who is not a cis straight white man yes and that is its own kind of exclusion. It
0: feels problematic to say, but it is the reality is of the situation. It is actually
1: the reality of the situation. And, um, and, but that's just such negative language to use. Yes. And so, like, and really unpleasant to, like, I wouldn't want to be on the other side of that hearing that. Um, when I'm a
0: camp counselor uh, and we make rules, we steer away from rules that say don't, don't, don't hit, don't steal, and make those into positives, mm-hmm. right? Respect other people's property, respect other people's bodies. And, and I think that is the trickier is finding what is the positive, inclusive language that is still clear and accurate. Right. Right.
1: Without writing a 15 line sentence to, you know, outline every single kind of person out there, which you can't even do.
0: Yeah. And it's all changing so quickly. Yeah. We just gotta keep up and keep trying.
1: Yeah. I mean, all we can do is try and I just know that I live on an out, I always am living in an outdated, um, world of language that's not keeping up with the current situation. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I have to keep like forgiving myself for in a way to be like, you are trying and like keep keep trying to be as on top of it and as um, relevant as possible, but also knowing that the language is moving really fast. Yeah, And all we can do is try to run and keep up with it.
0: One of your women has an X in it.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what I've been moving towards. Yeah. Actually, this should, I have some updates on this website to do. Um, that should be also on the front. Yeah, yeah. homepage page as well. Um, because A, if you look at our mission statement, it is impossible to elevate the voices of all women. That's absurd. But that was kind of a earlier language way of trying to be like, I'm not just talking about white women.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not just talking about straight women. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But it's like putting in, I, I just like how, I like how language is changing in that way. But it's also just so hard when you're, you know, language is just so, um, it's in so deep habitually in terms of like what you grew up with and changing some of those neurological pathways is really hard. Also, I don't know how to say the word women with an X in it. Like how would you pronounce that?
0: I think it's still pronounced women. I think it's just your intention. I think in the speech bubble of your life, Mm -hmm. people know. And it's, you know, it's it's, as people who are in classical theater, language is everything for us, right? We like, we see these changes and we're at the same time like excited and daunted to go like, Ooh, a change. Ooh, a change. What do I do? How do I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really interesting. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to
1: yeah. and be to having
0: your, these conversations. To your
1: point about getting pushed back in an all female production, I have certainly, um, and totally, I don't know enough about employment law to like really feel confident in some of the job postings I put up, but I have certainly had my job posts yanked off of sites because I was too I was too specific about wanting to hire women and minorities.
0: Interesting. Really? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Because I wasn't
1: using the correct language. Like, you're allowed to encourage it, but you can't say I'm...
0: Exclusively looking for yeah. But that doesn't make any sense. If you were doing a production of, you know, uh, uh, color verbal. Right. You'd have to have some pretty specific casting. Right. Right? If you're doing a fucking, fucking a fucking, a lot of plays, well... And this is a, this is a, a pit into which I keep falling and I got made fun of the last time I talked about it on the podcast about like everyone, I'm going to say it again. Shut up. Everyone shut up. Megan, shut up. Everyone is different. And that is true. Everyone's different.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. Everyone is different. Okay. Everyone is also
0: the same okay. because we're all people sure. and we are all the same in that we are people mm-hmm. and it is our differences that make us interesting and it is our similarity that makes us people. I
1: was like, what is going to be that word? People. (laughs) People that makes us different.
0: Well, and like, and so like, wouldn't it be, you know, like people go, people go, how come, how come Hamilton has to be cast the way it is? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be cast the way it is. You could do an all white Hamilton. You could do an all black Hamilton. You could do an all, uh, latino hamilton you Mm -hmm. could do any you could do anything you want but it changes the story right it changes the perception that's something else that i've been struggling with a lot right now in theater is like looking at casting and going if i cast this way i know people are going to make certain assumptions
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and they're going to make certain assumptions i could never assume right if i if i troilus and cressida is specifically the show i'm talking about and troilus and cressida in its original context, it treats Cressida very poorly. It's a, it's a rarity in that it's a Shakespearean depiction of a woman that is very unflattering. Mm-hmm. And if you do it with traditional casting, women come out looking bad. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing an all-female production to remove the element of gender from the story, mm. to see what it's like if these are all just people and not constrained by their gender differences. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm I'm not hesitant, but but uh, trying to trying to figure out the angle of inclusivity of gender minorities within that, right? Because then I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want we, we include a non-binary person, we include a gender queer person, and their relationship to the female other characters becomes becomes different right yeah. it becomes like a oh that, that's perceived differently and as much as i can sit in the casting room and go like oh but they're not different they're they're the same people are going to perceive them as the same it's like having a tall leading lady or the short leading man i i can sit there all day and go it shouldn't matter how tall they are these are the two most talented people but people are going to look at that and go like oh that's funny yeah that's weird that's tough yeah
1: well i think when we did all's well that ends well this is had a lot of similarities in that way of like, Helena is a challenging role. Yes. It doesn't always come out feeling like she's on moral high ground. Yeah. So um, it was certainly a conversation about being careful about who you put in that role because it's gonna, mm. you have to kind of look at that relationship between Helena and um, Bertram and it's like, what drives the fact that he doesn't like her and mm-hmm. she loves him mm-hmm. and and you can say you can. I think with casting, accidentally say something really um, superficial.
0: For sure, mm. for sure, stuff stuff's hard.
1: Stuff is hard. Things are tough.
0: Let's stuff. talk. Let's talk about hedgepig. Sure. It's an ensemble theater. It is. What does that mean?
1: Well, it means that we invest in artists over years, and that the dream is that people kind of work and train together for a long time so that when we get into the rehearsal room we're working at a deeper level and we have deeper personal relationships that show up in the work.
0: Cool, how's that been going?
1: It's, I think, an ongoing challenge. There's a lot of reasons why this kind of system isn't so prevalent in the U S yeah. one of them's economic that, sure. you know, you, if you really want to invest in people, you should probably have some dollars to do it, which we basically never do. Yes. Yeah. One of them is just the trends. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? People that move around a lot, trends in nature trends in, of, yeah. of actors. And you know, people don't always commit to being in New York for the rest of their life. For sure. Also, you know, we all have like a million side gigs, so it's hard to prioritize. So at the best of times, it's really lovely. Like yeah. We've put together some work in short rehearsal periods that I think is deep and wonderful. And this artistic group is, is really rich and it really feels like home in a way that I was really hoping for. I think what's challenging is just um, managing expectations, managing... Hmm, ensuring that everyone is on the same page and that no one's being taken sure. advantage, not taken advantage of but you know there are people that are willing to put in more yeah. work because they believe in it and then there are people that are you know maybe just this year they're getting married or something so they're like a little bit more checked out and like making sure that we're really all on the same team for the same reasons yeah. has been it's it will always be a challenge i don't think we'll ever stop having this conversation
0: how long have you been doing it
1: so i say that the we've founded Hedgepig in 2012. It feels like a five-year-old company because I would say that the first couple of years were we had, it was like a group of founders. Now I'm the only remaining founder mm-hmm. I'm running a company. And I would say that we just threw a lot of spaghetti at the walls for the first couple of years trying to figure out who we were. Yeah. And that we're really a five-year-old company that just happened to have a couple extra years.
0: Yeah. A little workshop. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, are there, so you're the only, you're the only remaining founder. Are there members of the ensemble that have been mm-hmm. with you for five years or five years plus or like,
1: yeah, both Emily and Andrew, um, are founding ensemble members nice. have been there from the beginning. And I think, I think they have an awesome perspective on like how far we've come and how much we've grown. Yeah, And then we've got a couple other members that have been around for like three and four years. Cool. Um, but every year we're adding new people because at the same time you can't get complacent and new people are, um, they bring a kind of fiery new energy. Yeah, how many? Right now, I think we are 14. Wow. Yeah, and cool. we're trying to determine what the right number is for us. Yeah. So I'm not sure that 14 is right. Too big? I think maybe too small.
0: We're, so Hamlo's and Dad has a resident acting company, and this is our third year going into it, which is similar in that we're trying to you know foster mm-hmm. growth in community and actors. And we have been you know, we fluctuated between like nine and 13 and we're doing some, uh, additions for it it's the weekend that this goes out. Yeah. But it's too late. So don't even try. Um, and we're hoping to get to 20 members yeah. and seeing how that number works and how that number feels and hoping, hoping that will be a good number that like when everyone's there, it feels like a big ensemble. And then like you said, when people get married, have babies, get other gigs, mm-hmm. do other things, It's not down to, like, three.
1: Exactly. And that is the challenge, because I want to be flexible and understand that, like, you know, we have an ensemble member who has just been gigging out. Like, he's just been working consistently for the last year and a half, which is awesome. And I want to, like, celebrate that and not feel stressed about the fact that we're missing his type in the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So that's, that's a tricky balance. But at the same time, if you get too many, like, does it feel super deep and connected. Worry
0: about, you know, being able to give everybody the individualized attention they need exactly. and representing everybody. Yeah, I feel that. So, okay. I'll find out with R20 and yeah, you let, I'll, me I'll let you know how that yeah, goes. Yeah,
1: feed that in. Do you guys reboot the program every year or are you... What do you mean? Like, do you audition new people and like start from scratch every year? So or this does...
0: is just our third year. The first year it was basically invite only mm-hmm. and then between the first and second year we lost a couple of members. Uh, some that we asked to step away and some that chose to step away. Um, And then we did another round of invites. This is the first year that we uh, are doing an open call. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm curious to see how that will go and see if that is the way that we will go, right? It's tough. It's tough and it's tough uh, as I've seen internally and it's tough as I've seen externally. You and I worked for a theater that had a resident acting company. Mm -hmm and it had a resident acting company where some members didn't live in the city anymore okay. and where some members hadn't been inside the theater in years yeah. and it's tough because I understand both sides completely. I understand the side of wanting to say they're part of our community and we support them regardless and then the other side of saying at this point they're they're dead weight and they're taking up, Absolutely. you know, that's, that's that's a harsh way to put it but that's, that's what it is, is it's, it's, it's they're taking up someone else's resources. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, it's 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 a tough call. I don't know. We didn't we didn't we we ha- didn't ask anyone to leave this round of Rex. We we have some people who aren't going to be returning because they've got like like one of our guys is going to to France to teach uh, English for eight months, and yeah. it's like okay, we bye. <laughs> we'll see it. We'll see you next year. Yeah. Um, but you know, ideal and, and that's and that's a tough balance. Is is if we keep keeping everyone, we can't keep bringing in new blood. Yeah. Right? Can't can't had 10 members every year or eventually we would Mm -hmm. just have the whole city of New York.
1: Yes, we would. I, it's funny you brought up how we met because it was something I was thinking about in terms of the idea of success and, uh, um, you know, we met in a situation where, um, you might say the company we were with was not successful, but you might also say Mm -hmm. that they had quite a run.
0: The company we were with had success the company that we were with was a wonderful example of what happens when you attempt to grow outside of your means and i took it as a distinct life lesson mm-hmm. and i'm sure you did as well mm-hmm. um it was it was very interesting i think we can, I think we can talk about it. Okay. Wow. so so mary and i met i was the director of education at the pearl theater which was an off-broadway theater company from oh my god for like 33 years so mm-hmm. from
1: 1984,
0: I think. 84 to 2016, 17? Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Uh, and so I was their director of education for the last six months that they were around. Uh, and Mary, you were there. You did grant stuff for them. I had done
1: so many things. I had, I was an assistant box office manager first. Oh. For like a year. Moving on up. And then I became a development associate. And then I became their development manager. And then I left for a while, but then came back as an individual giving or no, excuse me, institutional giving manager. Nice. So that's where. Well, I met you. I yes. was an institutional giving.
0: Yeah. Manager. And I came in not realizing the situation that the pro was in, and just thinking like, "Oh, well, I'll take my time to like learn how to function within this company." When in reality, I had been hired to like do as much as you can as quickly as you can. Now go. Yeah. And uh, and and had to be like what. <laughs> So now I'm going into a new director of education job mm-hmm. uh, with just so much more knowledge and so much more like doability. Mm-hmm. I did I spent a lot of time at the Pearl going like would it be okay if I did this or like hey, let me know when I can do this and now I'm going into my new job being like so we're doing this and I've already done this and see you at this day. Um, which I hope will be good.
1: I hope so too. Yeah,
0: but it, you know the interesting thing that was said when, that, when the pro was, was closing when was someone said uh, everything has a shelf life yeah. and I thought that was so interesting um, I know Hamlet's and Dead has a shelf life I know that, you know, when I started it I was like, this will be my legacy I will pass this on to my children I don't know if that's true anymore even if it is, there will still be a shelf life but like, we're gonna get done with the canon in six years and really have to, you know it puts us in a good position where we just had a 135 one, year meeting and within our five year goal is like figure out what we're gonna do. If we're yeah. gonna keep going or if that's been our run or what's um do you is there like a like a what, what do you think about Hedge You're gonna do it forever until you die?
1: Um I am not gonna do it forever until I die. I would like to think that in the next couple of years we can build it to a place where someone else could take it over. Mm. Um, But I'm also open to the fact that Ready to
0: sell out. Yeah. Yeah. Coca-Cola hedgehog ensemble. That's completely true.
1: That's really my hope and my dream. (laughs) Nesquik
0: presents. Dr. Pepper. No. Oh, shoot. That reminds me. i got to check something real quick. Dr. Pepper sent us an email yesterday that said that they were going to post something in our Facebook group, which is only for Dr. Pepper brand ambassadors. Um,
1: oh, that's so real. In your signature or on that Facebook post, you legitimately said brand ambassador, Dr. Pepper. Oh, I God, am. that was just a hysterical like commentary on your life. But are you actually a brand ambassador at them? Yeah. What does that mean?
0: Uh, it means, first of all, that I get access to the very private Facebook group, the Pepper Pack. <laughs> uh,
1: that they, is success. I got to tell you, that is... Success find
0: You're not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong. They just sent us an email last night and was like, pay attention to the Facebook group. We're going to be doing some swag stuff. And I was like, swag stuff? So I got some swag when I joined and I get to like, no news and like do stuff. And then I just- What is
1: hot Dr. Pepper news? They
0: just released a new flavor on May first. Did they? Have you tried it? Really? Have you seen it? It's called, it's called dark berry. It's pretty no. tasty. No, I'm just not up on my Dr. Pepper,
1: I guess. That's
0: why I'm here. And now you are and I've done my job. You have, actually. Um,
1: Good work.
0: So wait. Oh, here's here's the real question. And I feel like we got we got kind of sidetracked, and I appreciate your patience with me. What's your like apex? What's your what's your goal? What do you want to be when you grow up?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I what I really mean is right. So like you say to an actor, and yeah. I'm not uh, disqualifying you from actor, but like someone who is just an actor, yeah. not just an actor, but yeah. you know what I mean. You say to an actor, you know what what's the goal? And they say Broadway. They sure. say awards. They say A movie. Mm -hmm. What's what's your apex? Is it that, or is it something else? Like, what's your like? I've made it. I'm not happy and successful and content forever, but like, this is a big goal.
1: Yeah, I. Hmm. This is something I probably should have in my own life. Ah, Cool. Um. uh, But I mean, I've always said, at least with Hedgepig, it's about um being able to pay people reasonable amounts of money, like get to a three-show season, pay people well, um, and that would be to me a a dream. And maybe it's not. I've also been told. That sometimes, sometimes my goals are too practical and doable.
0: Inter- Who told you that?
1: I had this really interesting coffee with a former board member at New York Classical Theater, and I was kind of telling him about my company, and he was like, where do you want to be in 10 years? And I lay out this like really achievable dream. Yeah. And he was like, that's not a dream. That's like a practical...
0: That's a plan. Plan. <laughs> How interesting. <laughs> like, what's
1: the dream? And I was like, oh... Hmm. But you know what, it's like not, you know, I think some people in theater are like, I want a building, I want to have a theater. I think working at The Pearl made me like, I really don't want a building, I really (laughs) don't want a theater. What I care about is having a group of actors that I trust working at wages that I find
0: respectable. Yeah, that's very, um, that's very benevolent of you. Mm. I like that. Mm. I think I said benevolent and that's fine. Elephants are... Benevolent. (laughs) That's a benevolent. Um... Well, that's cool. Um, and then we have time for one more question and then the wrap-up question. And this question is, Mary.
1: David.
0: What? What? Oh, how's your how's your personal success? How's your, how's your how's your personal life? You got a dog? I got a dog. I have a dog. We both I mean, got dogs. I'm
1: killing it on the dog front. Yeah. So I feel pretty pretty good about personal success. I mean,
0: because you're busy.
1: I'm quite busy. I'm always doing a lot of things. I feel like I, I have a good community of friends around me. I have, like, honestly, a family that I'm so grateful for. I've been, so I've... Started, you mean your family
0: family or you mean your Hedgepick family? I mean
1: my family family. Okay, also. good. Hedgepick is its own family.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm very, I'm very focused on building communities and, like, my friendships and relationships basically define my success in a lot of ways. Um, I was going to say something that I'm sure was going to be wildly interesting and then just popped oh, the out of my head. Oh, I started recently writing a gratitude journal of just sitting down for like five minutes and just writing everything I'm grateful for. Wow. Every that, day? Well.
0: When you're, when you're feeling grateful.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm trying to do it every day. Oh, okay. Because I think especially when you're not feeling grateful, it's the time to really do that. I got you. Because then you're like, holy smokes, there's so much great stuff happening in my life and yeah. I'm just not looking at it. And I think that really can turn your brain onto your life success of like, man, a lot of things are really working here. And it's really easy to get sucked into like, do I want, I want hedgepig to be bigger. I want, you know, to be able to do more things. I want to have more voice students. I want to earn more money. I want to do all of these things, but ultimately if I start writing out, the things that I am grateful for that I do have those things far outweigh
0: the wants and it can be simple stuff I like blew Megan's mind the other day because she was feeling flumpy and I Mm -hmm. was like or maybe I didn't even know she was feeling this way but I was just like you know tough as it is we get to work in the cultural hub of this country if not this world like we are in this place where we dreamed of being and where people today dream of being and like even just that small thing of, like, we live in New York City. Is it's, like, weird. it's pretty big.
1: Yeah, and just to, like, actually honor those things. Yeah. And the fact that, like, you have a beautiful apartment. Like, that's amazing.
0: Yes. Yes, I do. That is a
1: wild success.
0: I honor this apartment Hi. every day. I keep getting so many emails. Are you hearing them, or I is it just in my headphones? just
1: read that one. Oh, my
0: God. I've gotten eight emails this episode. Too popular. What am I going to do with my life? What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you my last question, mm-hmm. which is, do you have any advice?
1: Is that where you're going to end that question? Just, do you have any advice? I was waiting for that. Do you have any advice for, do you have any advice Do you have any advice
0: about success for those who want to be successful, for those who-
1: I think my advice for someone that wants to achieve success would be figure, like, write down what your definition is so that you even know if you're achieving it. If it is contentment, if it is money, if it is fame, like- know what it is so then you can go get then it go get it but if it's just a really floofy term that could mean anything yeah then you'll be chasing it forever cool you probably will be chasing it forever
0: well there's that yeah. well you should be chasing it forever if you stop chasing it then what you did. One day you're waking up doing crossword puzzles every day. No, this is weird. crossword puzzles. I was about to say that sounds puzzles.
1: great, and that sounds wildly successful to me if I'm waking <laughs> up and just doing, and only doing in bed, crossword puzzles. I mean, okay, maybe All it's day? limited. But if that was like a delightful part of my day, What about
0: Sudoku, I don't like Sudoku.
1: I got into it for a while, but I it's did too. Tedious.
0: It's it's, tedious. T- it's I don't too many numbers. Um, cool. Let's let's call it there. Uh, right. This has been a Podcast. You want my name is David Andrew Laws. Uh, my co-host has been Archibald Underfoot Laws Greener, who's my dog, uh, and my guest today has been mary molly candler Fullweiler.
1: all of the above
0: thanks for being on the show mary molly (laughs) i just did it myself (laughs) thanks for having me you're welcome uh thank you to dimly wit our network uh for having us on them (laughs) you can go to (laughs) dimlywit.com to see this podcast as well not see but hear this podcast as more as others like bad examples of tracy DeMarco and jessica romano um The last quarter, that's a sports podcast that's on now. There's all sorts of podcasts on this dang website. And maybe some new stuff from yours truly coming in the fall. Um, You go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to Instagram. Check out all this stuff we're always doing. And thank you to our Patreon donors, Laura St. Pierre, Patrick Marin, and Dr. Michelle East. I want to take them on. I want to be their Sherpa to Mount Everest. Uh, that's what I want to do with all of my Patreon donors. Um, and I think that's it. We're so close to the end of season two. Next season's going to be new music and better intros and a tagline. We don't have a tagline for this podcast, so I never know how to end it. So instead, I'm going to say, Mary.
1: Neither. What's
0: your favorite note? And please sing it. When that was that, oh man,
1: hosted on dimlywit.com.